Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that one? It's Dello. Unbelievable. Aguero. Oh, close. He's given it in. He's given it in. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. He's scored. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod, where we'll be simmering the secret sauce to sate your sports betting success. Jimmy Buckley in the chair on August the 3rd for an absolutely massive show. And let's be honest, the one you've been waiting for as we dissect everything you need to know ahead of the return of this weekend's English Premier League. Look, I'm going to call it the most anticipated season in 30 years. Who wins the battle between Darwin Nunes and Erling Haaland as most inspired and influential signing? Can Antonio Conte keep the Spurs train rolling or will Arsenal leapfrog their bitter rivals as the kings of North London once again? What do we make of Chelsea after a topsy-turvy summer and will Man United finally return as a force under Eric Ten Hag? Will the soiled Saudi billions give Magpies fans more to cheer about on the River Tyne? Can West Ham put together another European run and will any of the newly promoted sides in Fulham, Bournemouth and Notts Forest survive on their respective returns to the big time? Fortunately, I have Racing and Sports Head of Wagering and uh, diehard Manchester United supporter, if I can say that, Ken Rutherford sitting opposite me, ready to tackle some of the burning questions, but more importantly, find you plenty of value for the season ahead Welcome again, Ken. Yes, thank you, James. Uh, terrific introduction, and gee, the, the the goosebumps are flat out down the the back of the neck in terms of looking forward to this whole season. And and the other interesting dimension, James, about the season coming up is is the effect the World Cup might have. Uh, I think the fixtures in the EPL finish around mid November. They start up again around Boxing Day, I think. So that's six week, seven week break and how that might impact on certain teams in terms of the championship race and the relegation race, for that matter, is, is going to add a whole new dimension for our punters to consider when we're throwing a few tips and a few thoughts around as, as the show continues. This season, I suspect, is going to throw up something, some kind of anomaly that we aren't expecting. Whatever that happens to be, whether it's you know a third contender maybe looks to break into the Man City-Liverpool stranglehold, whether a big name falls away, gets relegated, or whether uh, one of those lower middling clubs has a big season, takes advantage of all the World Cup chaos, uh, puts together a run and maybe qualifies for Europe. I think something is going to happen. And what we've seen in the last uh, month or, or longer, actually, is, is this transfer market has just been incredible. And no one's telling the EPL uh, clubs about this inflationary uh, status around the world and the price of commodities such as petrol's gone sky high it doesn't seem to have impacted at all on the ecosystem that is the EPL transfer market it's just been going bananas and clubs even like Nottingham Forest they have done some real 
solid business over the last six to eight weeks. Arsenal have done some great business. I'm sure we'll talk about some of some of the names that are going to Arsenal this season and Newcastle United. We, we expected Newcastle to spend a lot of money and they haven't let us down. It's sickening, some of, the, uh, some of the money that's being thrown around. Maybe we start with the title race, Manchester City mm. versus Liverpool. Now, just to run through the odds, I think the best you can probably get for Man City at the moment is $1.67 with Ladbrokes and uh, Liverpool $3.60 in that same market with Ladbrokes. Can you mention the World Cup? I'm going to throw a, a collection of names at you here. Mo Salah. Andy Robertson, Diaz, Navi Keita, Matip, these are all Liverpool stars who will not be going to the World Cup. And that, I suspect, is going to hold them in pretty good stead for that launch pad from Boxing Day and beyond, as a lot of players, I suspect, may be rested or at least jaded for that middle part of the season. Big chance there, I think, for Liverpool to really bank a lot of points. I'll tell you what, there's been a struck match in it for the last couple of seasons. Mm. I reckon, personally, this might actually be the year where Liverpool take the title. Their big signing, Darwin Nunes, I think, has uh, has started with a bang. He scored a goal in that, that charity shield or the community shield or whatever they mm. call it in beating Manchester City. First points to Liverpool there, so to speak. Very, very well-moulded squad from Jurgen Klopp. And I like the fact that he still has an incredibly powerful-looking forward line, but a different-looking forward line. That's going to hold Liverpool in pretty good stead, I would have thought, throughout the season. Mate, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, look, I concur. I think if you look at the odds, and look, we, we, we do like to speak from a wagering perspective when we're, we're looking at our sport. And $1.67 Man City, three sixty Liverpool, for the reasons you give, Liverpool represents some kind of value. Look, I, I can't stand Liverpool. I really can't. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather as a Man United supporter to to support the the blue crowd from across the across Manchester. But full respect to the way Jurgen Klopp's gone about rebuilding Liverpool uh, from being a pretty much a cups team, really, um, six to ten years ago. They're a, a side you, you kind of thought might have a chance in the EPL, but more likely might win the FA Cup, quite frankly, or, or even the Champions League. Now they're a fully fledged EPL contender every year. And they've got such depth right across their, their squad from, from the old number two right back through to the number 11 left wing and, and all stations in between. Uh, they've got all those bases covered. They've only really lost Mania to, to uh, Bayern Munich, the, I think, Senegalese uh, midfielder. Um, I've always got the feeling a bit of a personality thing there between him and Klopp. Did you get that feeling? I mean, there's always the odd story here that Mane wasn't always all that happy Well, Salah was scoring all the goals. Why didn't he <laughs> cross the ball a bit more often to, to the to the Senegalese making his run from the penalty spot into the six-yard box? But he's the only real defection from their side. Their, their squad's been quite settled and, and well-built, hasn't it, over the last three to five years. And they, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. They start things off, interestingly, punters at uh, Craven Cottage this weekend where they take on Fulham, uh, $10 about Fulham, five fifty about the draw, and $1.25 about Liverpool first up. Safe to say that's a fair old welcome back to the big time for Fulham. Mitrovic, what do you think? Can he, can he continue on his goal-scoring way? I mean, the records that he broke last season, just incredible. The records he has set in terms of goal-scoring last season in the Skybet Championship, just unbelievable. I think he netted 43 times, mm. which is just an obscene amount in a 46-game season. Gee whiz, I'd, I'd like to see his physio bill come the end of this season because they are going to be relying on him very heavily. One thing I do like that Fulham have done this season 
which I think has been a little bit different to their approach in recent times, is they've stayed fairly quiet in the transfer market. They haven't gone and splurged. I remember uh, yep. might have been the last time they came up or possibly the time before. They spent about £100 million on a bunch of duds and it ruined their season before it started, unfortunately. I like the different strategy this year. Mm. They were absolutely brilliant, I thought, last season in the championship. And, I mean, a lot of work to do. That, that gulf is still huge. And Mitrovic, superstar last season, you could probably say he's yet to prove himself entirely as an English Premier League striker. And we've seen this over yep. the years, trying to bridge that gap. But, yeah, like I say, that's a big big old-fashioned welcome to the big time. We've got Liverpool going down there to mm. make a statement. The interesting thing for me with Fulham is will they continue to play that style of football? I mean, they were terrific to watch last year, weren't they? They, they played attacking football. It was, it was right across the park. They they looked to score goals. And whether they have the wherewithal against some of these better sides in the Premier League to continue along that more adventurous path will be will be key. Now, just quickly on Manchester City, who, are, like we say, are still heavy favourites to win this league. Uh, Harland in, obviously, as uh, as we've spoken about. Mm. Calvin Phillips in from Leeds United too. It is going to be interesting, I think, to see how he integrates into that side. But they have lost a couple in, uh, in Gabriel Jesus and uh, Zinchenko, the Ukrainian. And Raheem Sterling to Chelsea. And, of course, Sterling. Mm. Sterling to Chelsea. There you go. I well, mean, he's been responsible for a lot of goals over the last three or four seasons. I watched that Community Shield game last weekend, James, and, and look, the, the surprise to me was at left back. And uh, Zinchenko, the Ukrainians, done a really good job, I, I reckon, for Man City over the last two or three seasons. And they were happy to let him go to Arsenal, which surprised me. I think it was £35 million was the fee. Uh, they haven't replaced him. And, look, they're still in the market for Kukurala, from uh, Brighton Hove Albion, who's a who's a really good player, and I think Chelsea are also on on, on the lookout for that player. Squabbling over money at the moment, I think fifty million uh, compared to sixty million, which is what Brighton want. But I'd say that Pep would be pretty keen to to get some cover at left back. They were sadly lacking last weekend. It's funny, isn't it? it it's quite often the hardest position to fill left back. I started as a left winger. I was lightning, mate, down the left wing. As I got older, I went to left midfield and I ended up at left back. <laughs> Andy Robertson before Andy Robertson turned up. I like uh, it. Gee, they're quick these days to left backs, aren't oh, they? I mean, I was, I mean, warm-ups for me were a cup of tea and a biscuit. I mean, the, the, the warm-ups <laughs> they're doing these days and the physicality, you know, leave me out of that. Unfortunately, they expect a lot more from the fullbacks in the in this day and age, but that's okay. All right, so, uh, so for starters... We're really keen, I think, on Liverpool to win the league. And actually, let me just mention too quickly Mick Bennett, who uh, who has written a marvellous English Premier League preview, which you can find on racingandsports.com. He's also keen on Liverpool to win the league as well. That, that'll give you a good run for your money, I think it's fair to say. Just at the odds. I think it's all, it's all odds related for mine. I mean, if, if Man City were to start a little bit averagely and maybe pick up a couple of draws or the odd loss in the first four to six weeks and their price drifted more to, say, the even money kind of number, then I might be keener on, on Man City, depending on how well Liverpool uh, do, do start their season. Third line of betting, I think, was Chelsea. Did you see their price? I th- yeah, it was 12, twelve to one was it? Always a lot more than that. No, it's it's Chelsea, and then I think uh, then I think it's Spurs. I, I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I only wrote down two yeah, names. But yeah, I mean Chelsea and Spurs. You'd have to think are probably next in line in terms of third or fourth off pretty good seasons in twenty twenty one twenty two. Of those two, you'd have to think Spurs have had a much better off season. 
They have a little bit to prove this year, those two. I mean, there's an assumption that they'll finish third and fourth, but, I mean, it's not going to be that easy either. I wanted to ask you, Ken, particularly about Spurs, what's mm. your opinion there? Are they are they capable of taking that next step this season? Yeah, I think they are. They're my dark horse for, for the season. I'm, I'm not saying they'll beat Liverpool. I'm not saying they'll beat Man City for the title, but I think what, what you'll see from Spurs this season, punters, is a far more consistent brand of football. Reading some of the reports in their pre-season, it's been brutal uh, in terms of getting the team fit and firing for the start of the season. The coach has left no stone unturned in that regard. And the business that they've done in terms of the transfer market, Perisic from Inter Milan's there now, Basuma from Brighton is there, Richarlison from Everton, Jed Spence, who's a really good player, from who was on loan at Knott's Forest last year, got Forest, helped to get Forest promoted. He's on a full-time deal now from, from Middlesbrough, who's gone to Spurs. They've only really let Bergwin go to Ajax. I think he only went to Ajax because he wanted to, Play more games to get into Louis van Gaal's thoughts for for the for the World Cup coming up. So great business done. I can see Spurs being a, a big chance outside of those top two teams we've talked about to run third. Punters, let me just say this: if ever there was a, a team in the English Premier League that failed to handle the pressure and the weight of expectation, I think maybe it is Tottenham. And before we move on, I will leave you with probably my favourite Sir Alex Ferguson quote of all time, lads. It's Tottenham. The best pre-game speech I think we've ever heard. United went out and they uh, they won about 4-0, I think, after that one. Look, you're right. Based purely on the balance of, I think, playing squad and strength, Spurs are in a great position to make a run at third place, uh, especially with uh, with what's happened at Chelsea. They've, they've lost a few. I know they've brought a few in, but they've had a pretty rough 12 months, really, but, uh, but, a, but a rough off-season that they played a pretty good brand last year and they did very well to finish third. Mm. Uh, I, I'm i not entirely convinced they're going to back that one up this season, but... Uh, I'm, you, I'm, I'm not at all convinced. And, and, and Tuchel, for mine, looks under pressure. He's They've had a, a, a run of results pre-season, which they would be... Which you've got to consider as un-Chelsea-like. They've, they've struggled. Diving around the transfer market at the moment, trying to find players. I mean, Fafana's the their major target from from Leicester City. Once again, squabbling over the the, the number there. They've only really gained Sterling and Kola Bali from Napoli. Uh, Rudiger's gone to Real Madrid. Christensen's gone to Barcelona, and of course, Lukaku has gone. Great fanfare has always seems to be the case with Lukaku back to Inter Milan. So. They've lost some good players there and haven't really replaced them. So I, I sense that all is not well at Stamford Bridge. But uh, look, across the side of London with Tottenham and maybe with Arsenal as well, who have been extremely active in the transfer window, London will be well resplendent with teams doing well in the Premier League, I believe. Well, you, yeah, you, you would think so. Um, and Crystal Palace is another one to throw into that mix. Just on Raheem Sterling quickly before moving on. I don't know if there's a player with as much pressure on his shoulders as Raheem Sterling. Now, he's coming out of a Manchester City team where all he really needed to do, if I can simplify as much as I can, was it drift into the box and just tap in a wealth of magnificently played passes into his feet. If he goes to Chelsea and he's expected to lead the line, that's a completely new role for Raheem Sterling. And I'm not entirely sure it's going to be one that he can handle, but he is more than welcome to prove me wrong. He is going to lead the line. Timo Werner, the other you know, the German uh, striker who came from Leipzig a couple of years ago to Chelsea, he, he's on the on the move. He's most likely to go to Newcastle by the sounds of it. So mm. who else have they got Chelsea up front? They've got a couple of other players, mm. but in terms of a high-profile striker, it, it's Sterling. 
They're going to want, yeah, I mean, 20-plus at least goals out of him. So top four at this stage and the best odds for Chelsea to finish top four is $1.73 and just incidentally on that Spurs $1.62. Of the next best, you can get $2.75 Man United with Ladbrokes to finish top four and you can get $2.80 with Sportsbet for Arsenal to finish top four. Does any of that tickle your fancy, Ken? I'm all over Arsenal top four. I really am and and it grieves me to say it. I still haven't forgiven uh, Arsenal for coming back from 2-0 down to beat Man United (laughs) in the 1979 FA Cup final. I'm pretty sure it was 79. Last minute, Liam Brady down the left-hand side, crossed over Gary Bay, the goalkeeper for United, and Alan Sunderland, the fuzzy-haired, curly-haired striker, come right-winger for Arsenal, uh, just tapped it in with his, with his forehead uh, at the far post. 3-2 in the last minute. We're all talk, talking about going extra time, but I don't hold grudges. But anyway, <laughs> $2.85, did you say, about uh, top four about yeah, Arsenal? $2.80 with sports bet at the moment. Sports bet. I'm all over that. I, I think Arsenal will have a good season. They've done some terrific business in the off-season in terms of their transfers. Um, Arteta, impressive. Impressive. He's obviously been tutored along the way by, by Guardiola in his time at Manchester City. You can see that impact there. And I think for the first time now, he's got a squad that is very much stamped with Mikel Arteta. It's his team. First time he's had it. And I can see the Emirates Stadium uh, humming along in North London uh, this season with Tottenham Hotspur. I think it's Liverpool, Man City, it's Tottenham, Arsenal. And I actually see a bit of a gap down in the fifth teams. I think, I, I think Chelsea got question marks. My own Man United, I think this is a season of some rebuilding, establishing those foundations. I hope, like nothing else, that they stick with Ten Hag and say to him, right, you've got three, five years, because they have to start again. They've gone through this ridiculous situation of buying, trying to buy wins, trying to buy leagues, buy competitions, through buying the likes of Ronaldo and these, go back to Sanchez, go back to all these players that they bought over the years who just didn't even fulfil a short-term need for the team. Hopefully they'll stick with Ten Hag and let him build this next group of players coming through, a lot of young talent coming through. But I can see Chelsea United just being adrift of those top four teams. Yeah. Look, I like the concept of Ten Hag and and I like what he's done in pre-season. I like what he's saying. There are problems that need to be solved and I think you've summed it up perfectly there. This is a three- to five-year project. This is not a quick fix. And as soon as those in power at Manchester United start to get that into their head, then maybe things will turn around. You know, I think the supporters too. You know, look, United's a, look, I've supported United since they got relegated in 74. You know, Dennis Law, the, the back heel, uh, he, he went across the other side of the blue side and uh, sent us down in 74. So I think the supporters, if you're, if you're a true supporter of Manchester United, you've got to understand where the team's at. The team's not at the level to compete for a Premier League title at the moment. It's just not there. So let's just... Let's shelve that for the next 12 to 24 months. But if in a couple of years' time, all of a sudden we have got a team which you can see the, the foundations are strong, then then we're going to be a chance in terms of, of profiling uh, well for, for Premier League champions again in the next two to three years. Now, best odds here by the looks in terms of a top six market. Me and you, $1.44 with Ladbrokes, and you can get $1.57 with Sportsbet about Arsenal to finish top six. Can someone outside of, of that top six break in? You've got Newcastle sitting there deliciously poised at $3.50, West Ham at $5, uh, Leicester $5.50, which seems a bit skinny, and the rest. Or do you think that top six is settled? I don't mind West Ham. I don't mind West Ham. I think David Moyes has clearly done a really good job there. The one team from that middle group from last season who I think will 
will continue to show some some great improvement as Aston Villa. I wouldn't be surprised if all at all if Villa make their way around the verges of, of the top six. I mean, around six dollars I think at the moment. Um, you didn't mention them actually, James. So, uh, but I, I don't mind them. They've, they've done some good business in the transfer window. We know Steve, Stephen Gerrard's done a done a good job uh, with Rangers initially. Now he's gone to, to Villa. His backroom staff are great. Gary McAllister is obviously a key lieutenant there in terms of of the assistance that McAllister provides. Gerrard, I, I can see Villa. People probably don't understand, but Villa's a big, big club, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a huge club. It's one, almost one of the foundation English clubs at the top at the top flight, and I can see their renaissance to continue this season. I think they'll be whacking on the door, clamouring on the door of that top six. Coutinho's permanent there now. Carlos Camera and Olsen, I think, are all very, very good signings. This segues very neatly into my best bet of the entire English Premier League season, Ken, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you may have had a look at, but just in case you have not, and you get this market on Ladbrokes, $2.50, Mm-hmm. about Aston Villa to be the top Midlands club. Well, there you go. So of the opposition, Leicester City, who we'll get to in a moment, we Wolves. both think are going to have big problems. Wolves, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought they regressed at a rapid rate of knots last season and they haven't shown me anything to suggest that they'll be improving anytime soon. No. And the other Midlands club there is Notts Forest, who have just been promoted. You'd have to think Villa are at least 20 to 30 points better than them probably. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that one. I, I actually think Wolves will we'll come to another couple of markets soon, I'm sure. I, th- I think Wolves are a side who will continue to regress, actually. They haven't done a lot of business in the transfer market. That Their squad hasn't changed at all. You got the feeling with their manager last year, Bruno Lager, that he's under a bit of pressure. What, what had happened with Wolves last three or four years, they played a style of football which was very appealing. Their support was getting used to playing a certain style. Things had changed last in 24 months to become a bit more defensive. You just get the sense whenever you watch Wolves last year that the, the support at Molyneux was starting to doubt what was going on in terms of the framework of their own side. I think that uh, element of doubt will continue to to pervade through the club. And I can see uh, Lager being the first manager to be under some pressure. And I can see Wolves actually being a relegation contender as the season progresses. I'll tell you what, if, if you are really keen on that, as a play over the course of a season. Wolves have, have got a very, very soft schedule for the first month. So they could potentially start off okay. Mm. They might get two or three wins in the first six weeks and seemingly look like they're on track for a reasonable season. Mm. Then it gets a whole lot more difficult with that draw. So maybe that would be the point to you know jump on Betfair or wherever it is mm-hmm. and, uh, and have a crack at them to get relegated because you might get $20 plus at that point. In fact, you might get... 40 or $50 plus compared, depending on how some of these other sides are going. But look, I, I agree with you there again, Ken. I, th- I think Wolves are, well, geez, I, you can't you can't really make a case for, for them to, to finish in the top half. I, I think, I suspect they'll be okay because yep. there's some, some teams that are going to really struggle down the bottom end. But yeah, I mean, they could run 14th or 15th pretty easily, mm. I would have thought. And, and on Leicester City, Interesting here. So at the moment with Sportsbet, they're a $17 chance for relegation. That is unlikely, but it is worth a bit of consideration. Now, uh, two of their best players, James Madison and uh, Wesley Fofana, who you mentioned, Mm. are attracting plenty of interest. Mm. At the moment, Leicester City is staunchly of the mindset that they will not be sold, despite some ridiculous price tags. Madison's been valued at £80 million, I think. Newcastle after him, aren't they? That's right, yeah. Brendan Rodgers said towards the end of last season that they needed to strengthen almost every position. Mm. 
He certainly hasn't got the off-season he was after because they've brought in virtually nobody at Leicester City. They've got financial problems by the sounds of it. They've a, a pretty tough start to the season based on the draw and they regressed a lot, I would have thought, last season as well. Uh, yeah, they did. And, and Kesper Michael's gone. He's gone to, to Nice. So Danny Ward, the Welsh goalkeeper, looks as though he'll be number one and he's had injury problems, as has Danny. Um, the other one's Harvey Barnes. He's also a, a target of, of Newcastle United as well. So I can see Leicester City struggling. Look, Brendan Rodgers will come under some pressure. And, and you kind of wonder, James, don't you, whether there's a, there's a finite time period for a manager at certain clubs. And Maybe this season's the finite time period for, for Brendan Rodgers. There'll be plenty of suitors after Herman in terms of his managerial capabilities. He's he's proven it, hasn't he? But um, you just wonder, Leicester City, this, this last little two or three week period of the transfer window is going to be really pivotal in terms of how they might perform over the whole season. Yeah, he's a good manager, Brendan Rodgers. It may well get to a couple of months in and he decides, I don't want to be here anymore. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, look, to summarise there, Leicester City are going to struggle this season. Right down the bottom end, Ken, and I'll just throw a couple of prices at you here. This is a Ladbrokes market. Bournemouth are the $1.53 favourites to go down. Mm. Fulham $2.20, Notts Forest $2.20, Leeds United $2.88 after escaping by the skin of their teeth on the final day last season. Brentford $3.50, Southampton $3.75, Everton $4.50 and so on and so forth. What uh, catches your eye there? Well, I've written down five teams, James, who I think will struggle this this season. Now, obviously, all five can't get relegated, but and and some of these are fairly well, they are high profile sides. I've already mentioned Wolves. I, I, I think they're going to struggle. Southampton haven't done great business in the transfer window. Hassan Hurtle has done a good job there, but you wonder again if his time has probably come to move on. So I, I, I've got a feeling Southampton may struggle along with Bournemouth. I think out of all the promoted sides from the Skybet Championship last season, I think Bournemouth will struggle the most. I think Nottingham Forest, they're a big club, Nottingham Forest, huge club. They'll do enough to stay up. I'm convinced that that has to Fulham. I think Fulham had probably learned a few lessons from the past when they've been the the yo-yo team going up and down between the two divisions. I think they'll stay up. But I think Bournemouth will go down. I think Leeds will still struggle. But but the other team is Everton. Um, and, And when you go to the odds for the sack race... First manager to get the sack, uh, which is always a, a a very interesting, intriguing market, isn't it? For for the start of an EPL season, Frank Lampard's your four dollar fifty favourite. I noted yesterday with with bookmakers. That's an average price around a few of them. So, and every time when you really look at the what they've done um, mid season in terms of the, the ins and outs, not, nothing too spectacular. They Obviously, got some money for lots of Rochalison. They they haven't really spent it to any great degree. So, I just wonder if Lampard's going to come under come under some some pressure very early on in the season. Great minds think alike, Ken. I actually had a look at that market myself yesterday. Right. Let's be honest. Frank Lampard, wonderful player. One of the one of the greatest, I think, that I've seen certainly in my time. Scored a lot of goals. That's one thing when you think about Lampard. You think about. Yeah, midfielder. Yeah, uh, but his goal-scoring record for Chelsea was incredible. Yeah, he was a he was a phenomenal player. Mm. Without trying to sound too harsh, he has done nothing really as a manager, mm. despite his name, which I think has taken him a long way. I entirely agree. They are in all sorts of trouble at Everton. Like they were very, very lucky to stay up last season. 
I think they're in for a very long 38 games. Uh, and, and that's not a bad price. $4.50 about Everton to get relegated, especially if you think Forrest and uh, Fulham can stay up. Yes, yeah. I do. I think so. both will will stay up. I think uh, Steve Cooper's a good manager at Forest, and, and as, as I mentioned uh, 60 seconds ago, they're, they're a very big club for oh. us. They've got an incredible history. I mean, if you ever want to be entertained, go back to the 80s and some of those old interviews with Brian Clough and even some of the more recent interviews with players discuss, discussing Brian Clough and some of his mannerisms being in charge of Forest back in the, in the, in the late 70s and 80s. That are a club steeped in history and tradition, and I, I can see them staying up. I think Fulham will learn a few lessons, as I mentioned. But Everton, if I was an Everton supporter, and there's plenty of them, I'll be concerned. Imagine we had a situation where Liverpool finished top and Everton finished bottom. Jeez, they'd be well, party. Liverpool supporters, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what would they celebrate more? <laughs> uh, Ken, is there anything else that you want to uh, put forward, or shall we shall we wrap this one up? Well, the best bits for me, that's that's going to be your question. I, I, I really do fancy both Spurs and Arsenal in, in the without Manchester City-Liverpool book. So most bookmakers, punters, do have that available in terms of a product. Spurs at two seventy have got written down to finish third or fourth, and Arsenal at $5.50. Both Chelsea and Man United were tighter in the market than Arsenal, which did surprise me. So, And I think get on early, because I think Arsenal's got not a bad run in for the start of the season from memory. I did have a look at that, and... They could get a bit of a, a bit of a slingshot start on a few of those other teams and, and be up near the top of the of the league table pretty much right away. I thought the banker selection for the whole season was the top four. Arsenal at two dollars and fifty cents or two eighty five, I think you mentioned mm. with Sportsbet earlier on, James. That's my banker. And I didn't want to throw out the stumps with Aston Villa around the six dollar mark to be in the top six. But look, punters, it's it's great to look forward to this, isn't it? If you're living in Australia, listen to us here, it's five o'clock in the morning. On Saturday morning, Crystal Palace take on. Don't keep me. St- oh, it's Arsenal, of course. Uh, Crystal Palace at four thirty-three, uh, draw three seventy, and Arsenal at uh, eight to ten. So, getting, getting looking forward to getting up and annoying the misses. Turn that off where you can. Put your earplugs on. Crikey, I'm trying to sleep, you silly so and so. But get up at five o'clock. Watch that till seven o'clock in the morning. Then put the the racing radio channel on and get all the scratchings. Eh? A typical Saturday morning for me, James. That sounds absolutely glorious. Uh, Mick Bennett uh, is also keen on Arsenal to finish top four, and you can read all about that on racingandsports.com. And just uh, just to wrap that up then, we don't mind the look of Liverpool $3.60 to win the English Premier League title. My best for the season, Aston Villa $2.50, top Midlands club. That's with Ladbrokes. That looks an absolute lock, I would have thought. And Everton at $4.50 to get relegated. That's not a bad little price there. And if you really want to have a cheeky throw at the stumps, Leicester City and Wolverhampton, maybe just a small play to get relegated as well. Ken, thank you very much again. Geez, we're working you hard in this studio this time of year. Oh, I'm just looking forward to the cricket season, mate. It'll just about be every day, <laughs> won't it? Yeah. When the big bash games start, how well, good is that going to be? That's right. Now, we'll be back on Friday, but until then, happy punting.